way. Some scoff and even ridicule the resurrection. And what Paul's going to do with today is play with the idea that what if Christ had not been raised? If, if, if Christ did not die on the cross and was buried and rose from the dead, what would the implications be? Well, uh, and we look at 1 Corinthians uh, and 2 Corinthians. We know the church had numerous problems, and the Apostle Paul was writing to straighten those out. But one of the issues was the resurrection. In fact, chapter 15 is all about the resurrection of Christ. It is about the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of the body, uh, the body, the mystery, and the victory of that. And so the Apostle Paul wanted to address the issue of the resurrection. Let me remind the church this morning that the resurrection is central and key to the Christian faith. Without the resurrection, there is no victory. Without the resurrection, there is no forgiveness of sin. Without the resurrection, there is no going to heaven to be with God forever. So the resurrection is central to the life of the church. But let's look at this for a minute. What if, what if there was no resurrection? And the Apostle Paul writes this in verse 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, which we do, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? In other words, there was uh, mindsets that had creeped into the church and people were believing that Christ had not been raised from the dead. And the Apostle Paul is saying, if we've proclaimed that Christ has risen from the dead. How can some of you say that he has not risen from the dead? The word proclaimed is kairos, kairos, which means to publicly, listen to this, to publicly proclaim the truth and principles of the gospel while urging acceptance. So what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that when he's preaching, he's preaching the truth, and at the same time, he is urging people to respond to that truth. It is being proclaimed that Christ had risen from the dead. The central issue here is the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection, anastasis. Anastasis means to come back to life. So we're dealing with an issue not of Gnosticism, which believes that Christ just uh, he, he appeared to be alive. He appeared to be a person. What we're talking here about is deadness. Life, lifeless body. There is no movement, and yet the resurrection refers to coming back to life. Coming back from a state of deadness and lifelessness to life. How does that play in? And the Apostle Paul says, but if there is no verse, and this is verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, here's the logical conclusion. So if Christ has not been raised, as some of them were saying in, in uh, Corinth, if Christ had not been raised, or if there is no resurrection, then not even Christ has been raised. The word dead there is nectros, which means lifeless. So he's proclaiming that Christ has been raised from the dead. Some of them are not believing. That sounds like our culture today. 
preachers stand up every Sunday. They talk about Christ being raised from the dead or, or the victory of the, of, of the resurrection. But some are still saying that there is no resurrection. I want to remind the church this morning that this logic is flawed. And the Apostle Paul very masterfully here will weave this together to show the implications of that type of mindset. Now, this is Zeno. He was a uh, Stoic philosopher. And this is what he wrote about life. This will look very familiar today. You'll see this mindset today. World is governed, governed by rational purpose. Everything has a purpose. Man must adjust himself to that purpose. Self-determination. So some, something happens within the culture that it's just there's a purpose to this uh, and we adjust ourselves to that purpose and, we be self and we're self-determined to fulfill whatever purpose that the creation has. The soul is good and use wisdom and self-control. <laughs> wow. That was the logic that the Apostle Paul was dealing with when he wrote this. There was another... Um, Epicurus, he was also a philosopher who was, if you look at what Zeno taught, just look at Epicurus and you'll get the opposite end of it. The world began by chance through cosmic collision. There's some today that uh, believe in the Big Bang Theory that the earth is billions of years old. That is not scriptural. Um, but th this whole thing just began by chance. It, it, it staggers my mind when I think about people that believe this. I mean, when you look at nature, just take nature for example. Um, how the starfish feeds other animals and, and there's, there's like somebody just sat down and planned this out. Uh, how we get birds, how we get humans uh, just from some cosmic colli collision, it, it takes too much faith to believe that. It takes way too much faith to believe that. There's no purpose, no absolute good. So up here, the soul is good, use wisdom, and also self-control. But down here, there is no purpose, no good. And so what we're left with in Epicurus is just pursue pleasure. Now, both of these extremes are visible in our culture today. And so we could say uh, that we need to be about telling people the good news of Christ. This is, look, this is not the way to live. This is not a good life. Even though people talk about, I have the good life, you don't have a good life. Uh, you don't have a life at all apart from Christ. And so this is not the best approach. Um, but if there is no resurrection from the dead, not even Christ has been raised. Here's the, here's the issue. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. The gospel never comes by eloquence of speech. Maybe you can preach a good sermon. Maybe you can talk to people, and, and, and they respond. But the issue is that it's the power of the cross. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
There's a world out there today, as I'm standing here preaching to you live on Facebook, uh, there is a world out there today that believes what we do as a body of Christ each Sunday, and I know we're not able to right now, but there's a world out there that believes what we do and coming to church and loving one another and trying to help other people is just foolishness. We're also warned. Colossians chapter 2. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than Christ. The church has to constantly be on guard for those who have a different view than us. And we, they should not be allowed to come into the church either. We should, we should make sure that when the people come to saving faith in Christ that it is genuine. So, if there is no resurrection, Christ has not been raised. And of course, this leads us to this. If there is no resurrection from the dead, Christ did not gain victory over it, then the gospel is destroyed. That's Paul's logical conclusion. Notice verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith and my faith is in vain. Kerugma. That means the content of what is said. And this is what the word preaching means. The content of what is said. Um, so what the preacher says every Sunday or uh, Wednesday and whenever the preacher gets up to preach, it is the content which is in vain. Kinos, which is untrue. That's the word. Kinos is untrue. I, I'm, I'm very grateful to this man, Dr. Grant Osborne, when I was at uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School uh, working on my master's degree, um, I took a uh, homiletics class under Dr. Grant Osborne. Dr. Grant Osborne was a very tough professor. His book was about that thick. I had to read all of it, had to make notes. Um, and all of it dealt with the content of the sermon. How to have a sermon and also to have the supporting ideas, how to make sure that you do the exegesis correctly. I, I'm very grateful. This was, uh, as I was thumbing back through my files this, this week, I, I came across this one. This is one that I did. Maybe you can see it on the screen. I don't know if Brian can zoom. Um, but this was a, this is what he said was the template of what he wanted uh, the students to do and to give back to him. And he even wanted footnotes with where we got everything from. Um, it was amazing, the content that we had to give him. So you couldn't just give him one, two, three points and just uh, maybe an illustration. You had to go deep into the text. And he wanted to see that. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful to Dr. Grant Osborne, Dr. Jerry Windsor, uh, Florida Baptist Theological College. Uh, I'm grateful for those men because they helped me uh, form who I am today as a preacher. Now think of it this way. If Christ has not been raised, the hours and the years that I have spent trying to perfect 
the art of preaching is meaningless. That's what you're left with. And not only that, not only that, but your faith, your faith, pisties, which means to believe in the good news about Jesus and become a follower. What is the good news? Well, the good news is this. Those of you that may be watching today, uh, you're not saved. You, you've never trusted in Christ. The good news is this, that Jesus went to the cross to pay for your sin, and he died in your place. He took your place. And then having the wrath of God poured out on him at, at Calvary, he took upon him the weight of the sin of the world, and he died he surrendered his life in our place, in your place, in my place. He surrendered that life. He died and was buried. Today, we are celebrating the resurrection, the victory over the cost of sin. And Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the third day. But that also means to become a follower of Christ. It's not merely trusting in Christ. That, that's true. But it's also, and I think this is not preached as often as it should be, that once you come to saving faith in Christ, the goal then, as a believer, is to become like the master. And the whole life, the whole Christian life is spent trying to become like Christ in a world. I know we'll never reach it. I know we'll never reach a state of perfectionist or perfection. But that doesn't mean that we don't aim for it. And, and, and that's, what, that's where the good news lies. The good news lies in the fact that Christ went to the cross to pay for your sin and mine. And we can say hallelujah this morning and praise God. Now at this point, I, I don't know, Paul, Paul loved preaching. Just you know, I love preaching too. But uh, he kind of explodes here for a minute. He, after he talks about preaching and faith, it's like the Apostle Paul got this wind of excitement and he writes this. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, the Apostle Paul says. If this is true and Christ has not been raised from the dead, then, then Paul and the Apostles and those who preach the word, they're misrepresenting God. Because we testified about God that he was raised that God raised Christ from the dead. Whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. So the Apostle Paul is saying that if the resurrection did not take place, then I'm misrepresenting God. And by the way, so are you. As you tell people about Jesus. Verse 16, for if the dead are not raised, and he says it again, he says it again to make, to make the point. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Brothers and sisters, do you know what you're left with, with this type of mindset? This is what you're left with. So yes, in the case of uh, Epicurus, live as you want to live. Because there's no hope beyond the grave. 
that's what you that's the logical I love how Paul did this masterful way that he weaves this in and and leaves us with this is this how you want to live your life and yet brothers and sisters there are people out in our world today this is how they live every day there's no meaning no purpose we just kind of float through life and I think about today and particularly why I'm preaching to an empty church is because of COVID-19. This past week, um, I was scrolling through and one of the ladies on uh, social media wrote, I could really use some prayers today. I just lost my dad to COVID-19. And I responded to her. You know, We have the good news. We have the good news for this. And thankfully this woman wrote that her father had been saved and he's experienced the resurrection. And he's with Christ. We have so many opportunities when I think about this COVID-19 virus, I think of how many people have lost their lives and, and uh, uh, praying that uh, those that lost their lives uh, were able to find Christ before they did or if they were Christians, praise God, they're with him in glory. But we live in a, right now, right now in this window, we don't know when everybody's gonna be coming back to church. Um, it, it, just, it just depends. Um, we don't know when, it's, when we're gonna get back together. But here's the thing. We can do something while we're out there. We're already out there. We can share the gospel and tell others about the good news. In verse 17, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Wow. You see, what, you see what's happening here? It's just the whole thing is unraveling. If Christ has not been raised... This is the logical conclusion. This is not a good way to live. Not at all. Then also, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. This is, this is a big one. Um, people who are not saved, in their mindset, They'll never see their loved ones again. You know, there's a lot of people I want to see again. And I know I will see them again. I think about my uh, grandfather, Frazier. He died when I was five. He was an alcoholic turned Christian, built a church. I will see him again. Many of you have loved ones that have passed away. And they were saved and... Uh, you're saved and I, I just want to offer you this this morning you will see them again this is not the way to live if I was an unbeliever this morning I would run straight to the cross that's what I would do uh, if think think about the lunacy of what people want to live in uh, that if Christ has not been raised then your loved ones perish you won't see him again there will be no connections. It's just done. That's, that's lunacy. 
That's lunacy, but also the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers that they will not obey the truth. If, in verse 19, if in Christ we have hope only in this life, running with the scenario, Christ was a, was a good man, he was a good teacher, but that was about it. That's what I got at Florida State University when I went there and took a summer course, a history course. At the end of that course, he, he talked exactly what, what, what the gospel said, and then at the end of it, he said, well, from this we learned Jesus was just a good man. No, Jesus was the Son of God. How can you know all this and not believe it? So if we have only hope in this life, we are of all people most to be pitied. That's true. Here's some thoughts on this gospel being destroyed. First of all, the resurrection is vital. Without the resurrection, there's no forgiveness of sin, there's no victory over death, there's no salvation as we know it. The best we can do is eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. That is no way to live. I've said that three or four times. I'll say it again. That is no way to live. And yet, people around us live like this every day. You know what people are looking for? Ultimately, they're looking for something new. Maybe if I get a new car, Maybe if I get a new house. Maybe if I get a new job. Maybe if I get a new dog. Maybe if I get new dishes. Maybe if I get new... How about you get something that's really new and is really long-lasting, and that is the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is something new. That has never been done. Any religion in the world, there has never been a risen Savior, not one. We are the only religion, and I use that word, I don't like that word, but we are the only religious organization or whatever you want to call it that boasts a risen Savior. The only one. Look, look. Google it. Whatever you want to do. We're the only one. That needs to get out there. We need to tell people that we have the one true God. What it reminds us today uh, yes, I love the resurrection. There was over 520 witnesses to the resurrection. Uh, it's, it is a fact. It is written for us. We know that Christ raised from the dead, and, and we celebrate that today. Praise God. Uh, I have victory over the grave. So do you, all that call on the name of Christ. But what this text reminds me of in the context in which we live is this. We need to start sharing the gospel. We need to start sharing the gospel. Every opportunity that we get, whether on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, telephone, email, whatever it is, we need to start sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. The good news, think of it, the good news is that Christ died on a cross, he paid for your sin, when you trust in him, all sin is gone. All sin is forgiven. And not only that, but once, you've, once all of your sins are forgiven, you have access to God. And when you breathe your last breath in this life, you'll breathe your first breath in the kingdom of God. You'll go to be with him forever. Never die. And it's amazing. And why are we so quiet? 
I get it, and I, I post stuff too, hockey and other things, but ultimately, we got we to get, we start posting stuff about the kingdom of God. This is a great time, well, I hate to say great time we live in, but a unique time that we live in when people are open to the good news. We need to be about doing that. Here it is. Wait for it. But we know he lives, right, church? I know you know that. I know you know that because most of you, as I was looking through your, your postings here on uh, uh, Facebook, uh, he has risen. Uh, well, a lot of you are now thanking Brian for his work. But <laughs> Happy Easter. Hallelujah. He has risen. Yeah, you know it. I see it. I see that you know it. Just so you know, I'm keeping tabs on you. But in fact, verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first fruits. Upark. Upark. Um, the first fruits was mentioned in Exodus 23, 16. You shall keep the first, the feast of the harvest, the first fruits of your labor of what you have sown in the field. He goes on, Moses does, in 23.19, and he says this, You shall bring your choice first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord, your God. What is he talking about? There's something about sowing here. Which is why I think Paul brought it in. There's, there's something that is sown. I like David Dockery, his comment. Just as the first, first fruits presented to God on the first day of the week following the Passover, which was yesterday, guaranteed the a coming harvest, so Christ's resurrection guarantees the resurrection of believers. There's something about that first fruits. Let me put it to you another way. In the same chapter, not in Exodus, but in, in our chapter. In uh, chapter 15, this is what Paul writes. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the Im Im immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of, de uh, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through Jesus Christ. When our flawed man is covered with Christ, when our sins have been forgiven, we have been clothed with the righteousness of Christ, we are now alive, we are now new, and we are now able to go to God, and there is no, death has no hold over the believer. And that's what we can praise God for this morning. We have been clothed. We are the first fruits. We are, we are the followers of Christ, and therefore if Christ is the first fruits, we are the subsequent fruits, and we go to heaven. We are the first fruits to God and we offer them in the assembly of God in his presence when we see him face to face. And that is why we can boast in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and glory in that this morning. 
Verse 21. For as by a man came death, and by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. This is Dr. Robin Perry. Uh, he teaches universalism. And I use I used the term doctor very lightly here. Um, universalism, what is it? Universalism is a school of theology focused around the doctrine of universal reconciliation. The view that all human beings will ultimately be saved and restored to a right relationship with God. Well, doctor, let me ask you a question this morning. Why did Jesus die on the cross then? You got an answer for that one? Jesus didn't have to come to the cross if that's the case. Now, I know what he's saying. What he's saying is this, that because of Christ's death on the cross, everybody gets in. There's no personal belief in Christ. It's because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you leave it there, it sounds good. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth is left out, will not perish. This, this idea that everybody gets in doesn't hold the weight of Scripture. What it's saying is this, what Paul's saying. He's talking about Adam and Christ typology. You can't build theology on typology. It, it can help you, it can guide you, but it can't be a foundational stone. Adam sinned. That was disobedience that led to death for everybody. That is the ultimate virus that has our world today. Yes, the COVID, I'm not trying to make light of the COVID virus or say it's not significant. It is. But a bigger significant virus is the fact that every person in this world is born into sin. And this is the problem. This is the problem of humanity. And this is exactly, exactly why Christ came. And on Good Friday, we, we suffered with Christ as we saw him die on the cross to pay for our sin. That's exactly why Christ came. Because in Adam, all have sinned. There has to be a remedy. God loving us chose a way through his son by which we can enter into the kingdom of God and restore our relationship. This is exactly what Paul's not talking about universalism. He's talking about the fact that everybody has sinned and falls short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. But the flip side of this is Christ was obedient and it leads to life for all who believe. You need to have personal faith in Jesus Christ. If you don't this morning, even though you've been to maybe 18 Easter Sunday services, you've never experienced the resurrection in your heart. You need to, when you have, oh, I'm going to tell you, the day that I trusted in Jesus. The day that I trusted in Jesus, I knew something happened. I just felt a weight. The chaplain asked me 
chap on Burlingame. That, that was his name. I, and I called him years later. Actually, Audrey uh, looked him up, found him for me, and I called him and told him uh, what I was doing now. And he, he remembered me. He asked me how I felt the day I was saved, and I said, I just feel lighter. Something happened to me. You know what I experienced the day that I got saved, October 12, 1981? I experienced the power of the resurrection. And now, I'm full of hope. I'm full of hope. You should be full of hope this morning. I know you have trusted, and those of, that I've seen on Facebook, I know that you've trusted in Christ. I know you. I've seen the stuff that, that, that you write. So I know that you're with me on this this morning. That we've experienced the resurrection. And yes, we praise God today because our victory is reminded of today more than any other day. Christ rose from the dead and we will raise from the dead ourselves for those of us who have trusted in Christ. But I want us to be, this morning, I want us to be mindful of the fact that there are people that do not have the, resur the resurrection power living in them. They've ne never experienced that moment of salvation. Please be sensitive to that. And to know that you have the good news and all you have to do is share it. That's all, that's all we have to do. God will take over at that point. And he takes over at the point we share too. But make it a goal to be more evangelistic the rest of this year. Just think, think about evangelism. Think of not being obnoxious and not cramming it down somebody's throat, but uh, building relationships. Because what we're really doing is we're trying to build relationships with dead people so that Christ can bring them back to life. Isn't that the resurrection story?